we're talking about the importance of our confession. And guys, our mouth is our steering wheel. So where are you going to go in 2023? His plan for your life is glorious. You know, where are you going to go in your marriage? Where are you going to go in your ministry? Where are you going to go in, in, your, in your walk with the Lord? Where are you going to go in your finances or your health? All of these things, if you're single, where, where are you going to go? Are, are you going to lay hold and, and meet that person that God has for you? Not, not even being so sensitive to him that you'll see a counterfeit eight million miles away, right? Are you going to lay hold of everything? Are you going to see his goodness and his glory as never before? Are you, right? This is, do you know, this is not dependent upon him. He's already done it. So how far you go, it depends on where you steer yourself. And your, your tongue is your steering wheel. It depends on what you decide to hand yourself. Right? And, and guess what? Your tongue is what hands you things. Oh, the enemy will try to hand you things. The world system will try to hand you things. But what really, they just give you thoughts and ideas, but you have to take them. You're the only one that can hand yourself something. Do you know God, he's given you everything, but you still have to lay hold of it and hand it to yourself. So I'm excited where we're going to go next year. Praise God. Well, let's talk about the, the importance of your confession, your words. What I want to really, I started talking a little bit last week. I want to really get into it tonight. See, the big thing about speaking, it, it really is dependent upon whether or not you have ears to hear. And, and, and to know if you have ears to hear, you, you doing this, checking to see if you got ears, that's not what I'm talking about. Because you could have natural ears and not ever hear anything. Right? You have to make a decision and it's something, well, I'll tell you, this has changed my life. When the Lord started dealing with me about having ears to hear, and he started talking to me through scripture about what it means to hear, how to literally develop the discipline and the ability that when all hell is screaming at you, your circumstances your own self-talk that might be wrong coming out of your unrenewed mind, your past, everything is screaming. You can, as a Christian, have the ability to stand in the middle of all of it and hear the still, small voice of your Father. To hear the Word of God, and when He just speaks, it deafens everything out here. And that's what we're talking about. You have to develop yourself. First of all, you have to decide that I'm choosing to have ears to hear. And that's the big thing for most Christians, especially in our environment, because we have, we have kind of watered down what it means for Jesus to be our Lord. So we have to, we can't look at just per se the church world and, and figure that out. We have to go here and figure out what it means to walk with him as your Lord, 
right? And, and, and he wants you to develop ears to hear. So let's, let's look at some scriptures tonight that deal with this, okay? You guys in on this? I could tell you're hungry. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. So turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23, and we're going to launch off there. Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. We went through this last week. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And we said this many times, the word profession is the Greek word homo logeo, okay? It literally means to say the same thing. So in other words, we're to hold fast, we're to seize hold of saying the same thing about our lives and our situations that God says about them. You have to hold fast to that because your mouth will always try or your flesh will always try to get control of your mouth, right? That old nature will try to get control of your mouth so then you start speaking based on what you're seeing and perceiving with your senses instead of grabbing hold of what God says. If God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then that means I'll never, ever be too weak to do something God has called me to do. If God said he will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and it'll all come to me by his son Jesus, or in other words, it'll come to me through the word of God, then whatever he calls me to do, whether it's to start a business, whether it's to be in ministry, whatever it is, all of the finances will be there based on his riches and glory, right? So if it, if it takes $500,000 to renovate this, this sanctuary the way that he wants it, so what? If it takes $500 million, so what? Do you know the difference to God is nothing? He owns it all, right? So... So I don't have to even be concerned in whatever he calls me to do because his word is what I'm hearing. I'm holding fast to that. That's all I'm going to say, right? I'm not, I'm never, you're never going to hear me say, I am sick. I don't care if my head looks like it's going to explode. I've got green stuff coming out everywhere, Right? Have you ever had a sinus infection so bad, right? You know, your head's about, listen, no, 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 no. I still declare that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, and now infection, you gotta leave my body. Right? You, there, there's, because everything bows to the name of Jesus. So this is what we're talking about. And we said this, the world system, it is designed to create fear and unbelief. Why? For the purpose of programming you to speak based on what you're perceiving with your senses instead of speaking based on what God says. Right? People are wondering, see, this whole thing is not based on what God can do. He can do everything. And by the way, he's already done it. 
It's a matter of what you can believe him for, right? So we got to take care of this hearing thing. In the same chapter in verse 38, it says this, now the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the, ju the just, that's the justified ones. You know, we're going to do a big series in 2023, I believe on a Sunday, of what it means, what righteousness is. You know, th this is real big. That's a, such a foundation. The just, that means the ones that have been declared righteous. Do you know who that is? How many of you have received Christ as your Lord? Right? Everyone that raised their hands, that's you. The it says the just shall live. If you want to live, if you want to experience the Zoe life of God, you're going to do it as you walk and live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We don't have faith events. We live by faith. Faith is like air to me. I don't, I don't breathe once in a while, right? Whenever you and I try to walk by sight, it's like a fish trying to live on land. Have you ever seen what a fish looks like? A flop, flop, flop. That's exactly right. Have you ever been that way in life? Jump back in the water. The water is faith. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, what does this mean? It's, God says my soul will have no pleasure in the person that draws back. And then it goes on to say, but we are not of them who draw back. When you draw back, guess where you're going? Unto perdition. That word perdition in the Greek literally means you're drawing back to destruction and ruin. So what does it mean to draw back? The Bible says that if you have an evil heart of unbelief, what is that? Saying that you cannot have what God says he's given you. That, that says that is an evil heart of unbelief. The word unbelief literally means that's an evil heart of rebellious disobedience. And then it says this, in departing from the living God. Well, what are you departing? Listen, if he's life, taking one step away from him, you're getting further from life and you're getting closer to destruction and ruin. I hope that you're going, wow, pastor, you're pretty intense about this. This is life and death. God says, I've given you life. Satan is saying, I'm gonna come and steal, kill, and destroy. Guess what? You're the deciding factor. And if you decide you want to live, you could live. How much life? How much do you want? Yeah, but Satan is so big and bad. No, he's not. He's a deceiver, but he's been stripped. No authority. My soul will have no pleasure in him. Why is that? Well, in Hebrews 11:6, what does it say? But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Well, for he who comes, whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In other words, when I pray and I'm reaching out, I know he's reaching back. 
It pleases God when we live by faith. It pleases God when we walk this way. It displeases him when we don't. Why? Well, because he's just mad at us? No. It's because he can't get anything over to us that Jesus died to get to us. Right? I mean, think about God. Every addiction that the world has to offer to, to bind people, Jesus came and he said, listen, whoever the Son has made free, hath made free. When did he do that? Well, he did that before you were born. He did that like in A.D. 30, right? When he hung on a cross, whoever the Son hath, past tense, made free, is, present tense, indeed free. So if the alcoholic, if the drug addict, right? If the person steeped in pornography, any addiction, lying, gossiping, anything, all of them, they're designed to steal from you, but if a person while they're lighting their cigarette, while they're taking a hit of something, if they will just say, Father, I thank you that whoever the Son has made free, which is me, then I am free. Amen. I'm telling you, they won't be addicted very long. If they will literally hear God's words, faith is built so that they could walk free. Many are steeped in a poverty mentality. Many are steeped, if you've been sick or hurting for a while, it's, you, can, you can lose sight of what it is to be pain-free. You lose sight of what it is to go to a doctor and have them look at you and go, yeah, all your blood work came back, everything's perfect. Man, you're, you know what? You've got a heart of a 25-year-old. They're used to like, oh man, here we go again. Right? and another medication, and another medication, and another, right? It gets real hopeless, but if you're in the middle of 25 medications and surgical things and, and really bad reports, guess what? You can tonight shut all that off and go, Father, I'm hearing you. You're down on the inside saying, Hey, Leanne, I sent my word. And I healed you, right? Hey, Pastor Edwin, I, I myself bore your sickness and carried your pain, right? I mean, that's what you hear on the inside, and you could go, okay. Because if you start hearing that enough, you will eventually start believing it. And now all of a sudden, you're believing something in your heart, and you're speaking it out of your mouth, now who are you acting like? You're acting like your father. And guess what? Jesus will watch over that and bring it to pass. But if you hear it, you'll believe it, and eventually you will start to really take all that and start speaking it and act like it, and you will always get the result of the word of God. See, here's the biggest thing about the world system right now. Everything, why is everything unsure? right? Everything is unsure. What's the latest thing? Go to the store and try to find some Tylenol for kids. Have you ever done that, you parents? Nothing. Bear, what are we going to do? Not for us, right? We've got Isaiah 53. 
I'm telling, see, the world system, everything is breaking down and all this stuff, it's constant death because it's trying to train you as a child of God that, you know, these things just don't work out. I mean, I, you know, I hear these preachers talk about all these miracles that are happening, but man, nothing's been happening in my life. And we're getting our eyes on everything else except this. I am here to tell you, and I'll preach this. How long will I preach this? For all eternity. Talk to me in a million years. Wherever we are, I'll be talking about how good God is, how his word is true. And it'll be more fresh then even than it is right now because I'll be walking deeper in revelation of it, and so will you. God is faithful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 13, it talks about the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith, that is caught. It, it goes beyond teaching. You really can't, you can teach on the spirit of faith, but you have to catch it. And you catch the spirit of faith by being around somebody who is walking in the spirit of faith. And, and the spirit of faith, that is something where it is just so big inside of you that literally you won't put up, you will never give up, you'll never, you'll never put up with anything Satan's doing, you'll never give up, you'll never shut up speaking the word of God. It just burns in you. It supersedes all circumstances. It supersedes everything I perceive with my senses. I develop myself on listening to my spirit. Do you ever listen to your senses? You can just get bummed out really quick, right? 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith as who? As Jesus. We have the same spirit of faith. What is the mystery? Colossians says it's been hid from ages and from generations, but now it is revealed to us as God's kids. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed. What did I believe? I believed God, and therefore have I spoken, right? Because you catch the spirit of faith from everybody else, it has to keep going. We also, right, believe and speak. We also believe, and because we believe, we therefore speak. In other words, you can't speak what you don't believe, People say some crazy things, but you know, you can believe some crazy things, right? I told you the, I, I, I probably told this story before. One of the craziest things I ever saw when I was a trainer in a gym was two guys who came in and they were wearing, this is back in the 80s, pyramid power. They were wearing metal pyramids on their head. And this middle-aged guy was all over me as a trainer. He's like, man, now listen, I've got power. And I'm thinking, my, and, and every, I was a low man on the totem pole, so everybody's laughing at me. Because they're like, you're putting these guys through the initial workout. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm gosh, I don't even think I was 19 yet. So I, you know, I wasn't as under control in my flesh as I am today. 
And so, you know, the guy just gets in my face. Now, I know this is our first workout, but listen, I've got power, so don't be throwing just a few pounds on a machine. So I'm like, okay. Right? So we went over to a universal machine. That'll date me, right? It had chrome weight plates, right? And, uh, well, I just put it on about 225 pounds. And I got down and I said, now this is a chest press. And I just, you know, I was working out all the time. So I just lifted it a few times for him, put it down. And I said, so you, who wants to go first? And so the, the big mouth guy goes, I will. And you know, now he, he really believed that he had power. And you know those old universal machines, right? When you push them, they kind of clink because you hit something. Like the, the little pin hits the weight and that's all that happened with him. Bam! And, and I'm like, is something wrong? He goes, there's something wrong with this machine. I'm like, well, let me check. I go, go ahead and get up. And so I got down and I did a couple more. I, know, I go, no, I think it feels okay. Go ahead. Bam! Do you know I humiliated this guy through a whole workout? Would you like me to lessen the weight? Seriously, you need me to lessen the weight more? Is, so do you have to do something with your pyramid? I mean, literally. Do you know after the whole workout, you would think that guy would go, wow, there's, this pyramid doesn't work. Right? You would think that? Do you know he believed it just as much? after the workout was over? I know that's a crazy story, but you know how many people believe stupid things? Do you know how many Christians are sitting at home worried when the God who is holding the universe together, who has given us everything, and who says, I will watch over my word to perform it in your life. Guys, there's not one person here that has anything to worry about. I would encourage you, refuse to worry. Just give it to him. Give it to him. What is the worst thing you can do? What, what's the worst thing that could happen to you on this planet? Probably death. Wow, does that sound exhilarating? <laughs> to step out of this body, to be with the Lord. But although that sounds exhilarating, I'm not going home early. Oral Roberts, at the end of his life, was sitting in his doctor's office. And his doctor's going, Oral, you're not listening. You've got some serious things going on in your body. And you need to get serious about this. Because you can go home if, if some things don't change. And he finally, Oral Roberts finally, he literally leaned over to his doctor and he said, Doctor, Doc, you've got to stop tempting me. <laughs> because the thought of going home is just so exciting. It would make me not want to do anything you say because I'd rather go home. But he goes, but I think I will stay here as long as God wants me here, right? We having the same spirit of faith, what does the spirit of faith do? As it is written, I believed and therefore what? I have spoken, right? We also believe and therefore speak. So in other words, what I'm saying, we're talking about the importance of our confession, it's going to come out of our belief. In, in other words, see, you can't leave here and go, okay, I'm just going to suck it up and I'm going to start speaking right. I mean, you can do that. I've done that many times. 
Just remember that there's no guilt, shame, and condemnation when you fall. Because Satan will tell you you're a dirty dog. When the whole time, what you're doing when you're like, okay, I'm just going to suck it up and do this. What you just did is jumped on the works treadmill. The works treadmill is really kind of a cool piece of equipment. You know, because what happens is the more you work, the faster it goes and the more it inclines. And it doesn't stop until you fall flat on your face and it throws you out the backside. That's works. We're not doing this in our own strength. Do you know the word will cause you to speak right? To fix your speech, you have to get full of the word. That's the focus. That is the focus. I've, but in order to get full of the word, you have to hear. You have to hear. Hallelujah. So let's keep going with this. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Man, the sermon I heard on this all last night and all day today, right now it seems like it's a lot better than what I'm, what I'm hearing out here. But the Holy Spirit makes up the difference. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks, the King James says, on this wise. What that means is the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Do you know, if you're a Christian, you were made righteous, how? Through faith. Well, the righteousness that you were made through faith, this is, notice it doesn't say, this is, it doesn't say the righteousness which is of faith, one of the ways it speaks is this way. No, it says it speaks one way. Right? This walk with God is so wonderful because it takes so many options out of your life that create death in your life. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Now jump down to verse 8 so we can see the way that it says it speaks. The righteousness which is of faith says this, the word is near me. What do you mean, pastor? Even in my mouth... And in my heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. The righteousness which is of faith says the word is near me. It's in my heart and it's coming out of my mouth. Do you know the word can't get any closer than that? You are to live out of the overflow of what's going on in your heart. This is huge. Verse 9. Look at verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. Now it's given, you, it's given us an example. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? It means if you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, what that means is, Jesus, I'm inviting your in, the influence of your lordship into my life. If you'll say, Jesus, listen, you are my lord, and therefore I'm inviting the influence of your lordship into my life. If you'll say that and shall believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead when he, after he was crucified, 
It says, you shall be saved. Wow. Saved. It means wholeness. You'll be whole, healed, prosperous, taken care of, welfare, safety, all of these things. And then it, then it explains that. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Right? Now jump down to verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You could say it this way. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. For whosoever who shall call upon the name of the Lord, they'll be delivered. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they will have their needs met. They will prosper. They will be successful. You can go on and on because that's what the word salvation means. But then it says, but how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, you can't call on him unless you believe. Now, we have a lot of word of faith people that are parenting. They're going, Father, I just believe I receive. Why? Because they've heard that in church. But they don't know what it means to believe. Why? They're calling upon him, but there's no word. Oh, you know, I hear the word every time I go to church. Man, Pastor Tony, wow, he brings the word. That's great. But how much of it are you hearing? Right? Do you know how much you hear if you listen to one sermon one time? According to Mark chapter 4, you don't really hear really not anything. You got to go back and listen. You got to, I mean, when, when the Lord connects something, you listen to it, you outline it. This is why, because I believe that the Word of God does everything in my life. And that's a great belief because it's absolutely true. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Great peace have they who love your word, and nothing will offend them. Oh, pastor, I'm so sorry I offended you. When people say that to me, I go, no, you didn't. I'm unoffendable. Because I love God's word. If I don't love God's word, I'm totally offendable. Does that make sense? So this is huge. How can they call on him in whom they've not believed? But how can they believe in him of whom, and here's the key, of whom they've not heard. In order to believe, you have to hear. Like tonight, I could tell that there's a lot of people hearing. I mean, you could feel it. But if you come before the word of God with the option of, well, I know it says that, but I'm not going to do that. If you come with those options, you don't hear anything. You're listening. You could even be listening intently. But faith comes by hearing. Right? So how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they even hear, I like this part, without a preacher? But I really, really, really like the last part. And how can they preach? except they be sent. 
right? There's a lot of people that went, but you could only go where you're sent, right? I can't tell you about how many times I talk to people around the country, pastors who all of a sudden God's talking to them about leaving and going somewhere else and doing something else and, and all that. And, and, and I'd say nine out of 10 times, it's all flesh. It's just all flesh because they got pushed a little bit and you feel, you feel so bad because you're like going, man, if you move because you, you need something new or it's just not enough for you, you know, or whatever, or you're leaving because, wow, this is just getting a little hard. Four people don't like me. Wow. Right? You're hearing wrong things. Because Satan will keep, he'll keep bumping you all over the place until you're gone off the planet. So in other words, someone is sent, and then someone who is sent proclaims, and then you hear, and what happens then? Then you believe, and then you call. You speak, you act on that, and you'll get the result. Well, guess what? Do you know I'm sent to this church as a pastor? That's great. So those of you who are planted here, man, you're hearing the word. That's great. But you know, Jesus was sent and you could hear it. He was sent and he proclaimed. The God of the universe literally proclaimed every word of this. This is the word of God. Why doesn't it say the words of God? Because everything points to Jesus. Well, yeah, but I don't understand that. Well, then meditate in it and gain some understanding. Well, what about, you know, theologian? Forget theologian. Forget theologian so-and-so. Go directly to the real theologian, right? The Holy Spirit. He knows all about, right? So this is, this is very important. What you and I believe is a result of what we're hearing. And we're hearing a bunch of junk. In our, in our generation of the church, we have iPhones and Apple Watches and We've got tablets, we've got, you know, we've got TVs that you could watch eight things at the same time. You, if you like cartoons, you could go crazy watching cartoons 24 hours a day. You like sports, you could literally lose your whole existence in that, right? You could be so distracted. You could work from home and you have, a, you have your office wherever you go. But with all of that, you're hearing the Word of God says there's many voices in the world, right? And none of them are without significance. In other words, man, you hear the wrong thing, it'll mess you up, right? But God is saying you got to be careful because if you hear wrong, you're going to believe wrong. And if you believe wrong, you're going to speak wrong. If you want to know what you believe, listen to what you're saying, right? This is huge. Our confession must be right, but in order for it to be right, we must hear. And that's something I'm, I'm really, I'm encouraging all of us, develop this in your life. Take this to the Lord and have him help you. 
And realize when God helps you, it's glorious and your flesh hates it. Right? It's glorious, but your flesh won't like it. Because your flesh, your unrenewed mind, and that nature in your flesh want to control what you say. And God's saying, no, you got to yield your tongue to me. Right? So let's look at Romans chapter 10. We're there. Let's look at verse 17. I love the way this is written. It says, so then faith cometh. Now the word cometh is not in the uh, actual you know, Greek manuscripts. However, the word comes, they just added it. In the King James Version, it's in italics. They added it to bring clarity to the text. And it does. You know, so then faith cometh. If you want to say faith cometh, that's great. But you could say it this way, so then faith by hearing. The minute you hear, faith is there. It comes by hearing. There's two Strong's numbers you need to really know. G189 and G190. One's a noun, one's a verb. One comes out of the other one. They basically mean about the same thing. It's just they're different words because of whether it's, one's a verb, one's a noun. But basically the same thing. This one hearing is G189. It is the Greek word akoi, right? It means, it literally, or I'm sorry, ak, well, let me say this right, akuo, that's the, that's the right pronunciation. It means the thing heard. It means the sense of hearing, okay? It means you're allowing God's word to speak to your heart. In other words, to hear, you have to, be, you have to be in a position where you have made a decision, I'm going to allow God's word to speak to my heart. Okay? That's huge because you're going to have to humble yourself to do that. You're going to have to get rid of this whole thing. Well, man, I wish that pastor wouldn't talk about this because I don't like that part. Don't talk to me about the sowing part. I want to know about the reaping part. Don't talk about, I mean, talk to me about, about how that, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Don't talk to me about that forgiveness part. And oh, that, that Romans 12 part about presenting my body a living holy sacrifice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about that. Right? No, no, you can't, that you can't hear anything like that. It literally means hearing it's that, that is much more than just listening to. Hearing has more to do with what is said than what is heard. Hearing is where God speaks to you through his word. But in order for him to speak, you have to allow his word to speak to you because God will never force himself on you. Okay? God gave us his word to correct our hearing. You've lived your whole life learning how to hear naturally. But now as a Christian, you've got to learn how to hear his voice. But to hear his voice, you have to come to the word of God with, with literally the heart attitude that, God, I'm going to allow your word to speak to me, and this is not optional. Whatever it says, I will do. 
because you're my Lord and I know you're good and I know you'll never hurt me. I know it's always here to help me. This is, this is huge. And you could say, okay, got it, pastor. No, no, you got to develop this. Because your past, that unrenewed mind that told you you were worthless for years or you didn't deserve anything will cause you to automatically just act and self-destruct yourself so many times. Right? It'll, it'll cause you to just, to just, it just deafens your spirit because you don't know any better. It's just a pattern. The Word of God will wean you off these detrimental thought patterns. It will teach you how to hear. But you've got to come to the Word going, I don't care what you want me to do, I'll do it. That, that's what this word means. So Mark chapter 4, let's look at this. Let's talk about hearing a little bit. Mark chapter 4 in verse 24. Jesus, now this is the parable of the sower. But Jesus said to them, he said, take, and, and he said unto them, talking about Jesus, take heed what you hear. Now, this one is, because of the way it's said, is G191. Okay? It's, it's, it's the same akuo. It's just it's pronounced a little bit differently. This is the verb. It literally means to give your full attention to. See, this is the other thing. In order to allow God's word to speak to your heart, you have to give your full attention to it. Your full attention, not partial attention. In other words, God's got to be the center of your life, not a peripheral. And because we haven't had a lot of examples of that in the local church, through our pastors, we've lost sight of that. Right? I mean, we in the local church, we live together. I would say, do you follow me as I follow Christ? If I'm not following Christ, then don't follow me. Take heed, look at it, it said what you hear. With what measure you meet or with what measure you measure, it shall be measured to you and unto you that hear, again the same word, shall more be given. So the level of how you hear determines what you'll have. Why? Because what you hear is what you're going to believe. And what you're going to believe, what you believe is what you will say. Do you know there's Christians that get so freaked out about Satan and these demonic powers and, and all this stuff, and they start talking about it. There's Christians that are so enamored by the spectacular that they're missing the supernatural. Most powerful demon in hell, shut up and get out. That's it. Oh man, Satan's all over me. Why? Why are you letting him be all over you? Do you know how high he had to climb just to get under your feet? I don't even know if it's really possible. Or how low you would have to steep to get on his level? You are the righteousness of Almighty God. Don't put up with that stuff. 
Man, sometimes I'll be sleeping, and all of a sudden, man, I'm, I'm dreaming some stupid stuff. And right in the middle of it, I mean, I literally, I, I just, I get mad. I, I, it wakes me up. I just want to yell, but, you know, my lovely wife is right there. And, right? So I get out of bed. I go in my office. I shut the door. I literally shut our bedroom door. I walk, I walk through into our bathroom area. I shut that door. Then I walk into our laundry room. I shut that door. Then I walk out of the laundry room, shut that door. And then I walk into my office and shut that door. Then I put the space heater on. And then I start talking. Because I know, and I'm like, no, I don't believe that. Satan, no. Right? Like the one pastor said, one Ramah pastor, he was at the Grand Canyon, and, and they were looking over the cavern and everything, and this voice said, you should jump off here. And all, there's a bunch of people out there, and before he even thought about it, he goes, you jump. I'm not jumping off this thing. These were, you know, but that's, this is real, guys. So real. Take heed what you hear. Don't listen to stuff. Listen, you're watching a football game. When those commercials come on, shut, mute that thing. You don't need to be hearing about your diabetes and, you know, oh, let's take a water break so that we could drink more alcohol. Why would I listen to that? I don't need alcohol to make me feel good. Right? Anyway. Take heed what you hear. Now let's go to Luke chapter 8. Verse 18, this is another thing that Jesus said. So you got to be careful what you hear, which means you're going to have to make a decision about your friends, your close friends. Yeah, but I just, you know, go to your, go to your worldly friends and say, listen, guys, I love you. I just can't be with you for a while. Why? I just can't. Listen, if they get mad at you and won't be your friend, you didn't lose a friend. You just found out you never really had a friend. Does that make sense? So just go. Now, I'm not saying they won't be your fruit in the future, but that'll be when you're strong enough to go in there so you don't hear all this junk and you're going in there for a purpose. Right? So take heed what you hear. Now, Luke chapter 8, verse 18, Jesus said this, Take heed, therefore, how you hear. Again, the same Greek word. How you hear. For whosoever hath, if you look at the context, it would, you could put it like this. You should write this in your Bible. Whosoever hath ears to hear, to him shall be given. Isn't that? That's good. And whosoever hath not, Hath not what? In the context of that scripture, hath not ears to hear. <coughs> look, at, look at what happens if you don't have ears to hear. From him shall be taken even that which he... See, he doesn't have anything. He just seems to have it. You know, there's some people, man, they're driving around Omaha in $300,000 automobiles, and they have nothing. They just seem to be successful. And one day, in a very short period of time, they will stand before God, give an account for every sin they've ever committed, and they will know that everything that, that they're given an account for and being judged for, Jesus paid for. 
And they will literally, in honor and reverence, according to Philippians chapter 2, bow their knee and confess with their mouth, wow, Jesus is Lord. And they'll be lost forever. Oh, they seem to have a lot. But this is what this is talking about. You may think you have a lot, but I'm telling you, you get ears to hear. You have no idea how he'll fill you up. Which he seems to have. So you have to take heed what you're hearing. You have to take heed who you're hearing. Let's look at another scripture. Matthew chapter 11. I could just feel it. You guys are like going, Pastor, that's just great preaching. That's just amazing. <laughs> Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. The word is good. Amen. See, when, when you just have, when your outline is just scripture, 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 you can't mess that up. Especially you take that with the anointing that's upon the word of God and, and the, the anointing that's in me and on me, the anointing that's in you to receive and upon you, we can't lose that deal. Look at this, Matthew eleven fifteen. 15. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus said this all the time. He's like, guys, here I am. I have words of life. And whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm not holding this back. Anybody who wants it can have it. But you have to have ears to hear in order to hear. In other words, if you come to me, if you're coming to me as a religious leader trying to, trying to catch me in something, you're not hearing anything. If you're coming to me going, you know, Lord, I really kind of want this blessing thing, but I'm not willing to do this, you won't hear anything. Why? Because God would have to push it on you, and he won't do that. He that hear, has ears to hear, let him hear. Here's a big one. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 in verse 27. What are we talking about? Hearing. Nope. We're talking about the importance of your confession. Because what you say is what you, what you hear. That's where it all comes from. Because we've got to be careful. God is not good sometimes. If you've really messed up, you have to know who God is. That he's looking at you and the mess up is not even in the equation. He just loves you. And he's as eager to move in your life as he is to move in Jesus' life who lived his whole life without sin. That you got to know that. You have to be able to hear that. You have to know that at the end of the day, when you mess everything up in your life, you still have a future. You have not disqualified yourself from anything. If you want to know if you're qualified, all you got to do is fog a mirror. If you could fog a mirror, it's all, it all could be changed. That's the gospel. Now look at this. Now this is the same word here. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Well, I just want to follow Jesus. Then you've got to hear. Because that's step one. You've got to make a choice to hear. You can't come to the word with options. 
You can't put God in a little box of your, of your past or your experiences. You've got to see him for who he is and what he said. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. And I'm telling you, his voice, it is beyond anything this world can ever, 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 ever give you. It is only he that satisfies. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 12. This is what's happening. In the parable of the sower, Mark chapter 4 and verse 12, it says this. It says that seeing, they may see and not perceive. So you could see things and not perceive them, not understand them. And hearing, again, the same Greek word, they may hear, look at this, and not understand. Less than any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. Who was he talking about? He preached a message, and then after it was over, he dismissed everybody, and he left. And his disciples came to him and said, hey, can you explain this to me? He said, the ones that came back and said, can you help me understand this? Those were the ones that had ears to hear. The rest of them, they probably walked away going, wow, that was powerful. That was amazing. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I want to hear him again. There's Christians that love to hear, to listen to the word. And they listen to it all the time. But because they're not willing to do it, they're not really hearing it. Guys, God does not want you to walk in victory in theory. He wants you to experience victory in your life. Right? He came to give you days of heaven on the earth. Look at this. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Now the whole parable of the sower, what's it based on? Having ears to hear. That's the whole, that's the mystery. That's everything in this parable. If you don't understand this, that you have to have ears to hear, you won't understand any other parable. Look at what it says. Verse 20, as, and these are they which are sown on good ground. What is good ground? Such as hear. Same Greek word. They hear the word. And then, because they've heard it, they receive it. They take it up and they continue in it. How do you continue in the word? I hear it. And then I take it up and I keep hearing it. How do I do that? Because now I heard, I heard God's voice. I got revelation of his word. And now... I start homologeoing it. So I'm hearing his words on the inside and I'm speaking his words on the outside, which causes me to hear. And then I speak and then I hear and then I speak. And all of a sudden, what I'm hearing and speaking is in my life. 
Why? Because as I hear on the inside, and then I speak, and as I hear, and then I speak, what's happening is all of a sudden, I'm believing. I am fully persuaded that what he said is absolute truth. And then what will happen? I just keep believing and speaking. I keep hearing, believing, and speaking. Hearing, believing, and speaking. And then what happens? With a heart of thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. By your stripes I am healed. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. You do always cause me to triumph. This thing that I'm facing, I already have the victory in it. And then all of a sudden, you will see that circumstance change and come in line because everything bows to the word of God. Everything. Everything. Another way to say that is everything bows to the name of Jesus. They hear the word, they receive it, and it brings forth fruit. Notice the word is what brings forth the fruit. 30, 60, and 100-fold. And the difference between 30, 60, and 100-fold, you know, you get to pick that. It's just your attitude about the word. Do you believe it could, it could, it could produce a little in your life? See, as you walk by faith, you'll start believing in an area, and it'll produce 30-fold. And you'll get so excited. You're like, that's awesome. I'm going to keep speaking that. Pretty soon, you're facing something, and now it's producing 60-fold. And then you keep walking in it, and then pretty soon, because now his word is absolute truth. It is the bottom line. The minute I pray according to his will, I know he hears me, and I know I have it. So what do I do? Here's the difference. Here's what a hundred-fold word, hundred-fold return on the word looks like. Tears, hands lifted up. Father, I thank you. It's a life of thanksgiving. And as I'm thanking him in worship, I'm passionately pursuing him. This is worship. I'm telling you, it puts everything in motion to create miracles. This is how it works. I'm going to finish just a couple more minutes here. One more passage of scripture. Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Verse 47. Whosoever comes to me and hears, same Greek word, my sayings and does them. Why do I do them? Because I heard, right? And then I believed because I, I kept hearing and I'm, and I'm believing it. Now I'm calling, I'm speaking it, right? I'm, what, what is this? And does it. So now I'm acting. Why? Because my hand has handed me, my tongue has handed me this. My tongue has steered me into it. So now I'm acting on this. This is what this is saying. Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man which built a house. He dug deep and he laid the foundation on a rock. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. What is a rock? Revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. Revelation knowledge of the word of God. I've dug deep. How do you dig with your mouth? You speak the word over and over and over and you're digging deep and now you build your whole life 
on the word. And it says here, and laid the foundation on a rock, and when, not if, but when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not even shake it. Do you, do you want to live your life where nothing ever even shakes you? That has been given to you by your Father who loves you. Nothing in this world is to shake you. Why could it not shake? Because, because the house was so good? No. It was because of the foundation it was built on. For it was founded upon a rock. This word founded literally means to lay a foundation. Do you realize when you speak the word and you meditate in God's word, you are literally laying a foundation? That the storm can't take you out. The reason why people are not, they're not seeing their healing. They're not seeing the answer to their prayers is because they're not laying a foundation. They're not laying a foundation and they're not, they're not, in other words, they're not growing their healing. They're not growing their answer. It's the word of God that does it. My job is to rest. Isn't that good? See, it says here, it, this last person, it, it literally says, but he that hears, so now this person hears, but he, he, this is what happens to a lot of people. They actually come and they're like, I want to do everything that God wants me to do. I come and I have ears to hear and I hear it. But then what happens? But I don't do it. In other words, I don't keep hearing it. I let the cares of this world, I let busyness, I let all this stuff, right, kind of distract me. I stop hearing it. So he that hears and does not, he's like a man without a foundation. You have no foundation. Built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. Have the, has that ever been you? I've, I've, I've had my house taken out. It's not fun. Here's the cool thing. You could just build another one. Just build the foundation. Right? And the ruin of that house was great. God wants you to overcome in every area of your life. You, as a child of God, are a world overcomer. There is nothing too impossible for you. There is no mess that you have ever created in your life that you can't walk so free from it that you will look back and look at that mess and go, that just seems like it wasn't even me. And that's when you'll realize and you'll go, wait a minute, that wasn't me. That was just the enemy's work. He got me involved and I just, I just gave in to my flesh and all this stuff. But you know, whatever the enemy has tied you up with, God will undo it and take away Take away any kind of scar, any kind of bruise. He said, behold, I make all things new. So when you leave here today, if nothing else, leave, if this is the last time you're going to ever hear me speak in 2022, it's going to be that all things are possible to him who believes. And God loves you and he is all about it. Oh, if you could only see how special you really are to him.
You know, a million years from now, we're going to be like, man, pastor, you're right. I'm even seeing more of how special I am to him. He loved you so much that if he wouldn't withhold his son, he would never, ever not withhold anything from you. 